Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. This morning, church, I want to encourage us with the Word of God. And the theme that the Lord has given us for this month is facing the giants. Facing the giants. You know, when the Lord first gave me that phrase, you know, the first thing that came to my mind, as you know, we probably all would, is you think of David and Goliath. You think about Sunday school. And, you know, even as a child that went to Sunday school then, I couldn't comprehend with my tiny brain how such a small man like David could behead such a huge guy like Goliath. But when you look at it as an idiomatic expression, every single day of our lives, we're faced with giants. We're faced with giants. What, by whatever name we want to call it, you know, there, there's so many names. In English, you say it's a giant or it's a storm or it's a challenge or it's an issue, you know. But they are all challenges that we face on a daily, daily basis. And aren't you so glad that you don't have to face it alone? We have an anchor that holds us firm, steadfast assured, our Father, our God. You know, God says to us that whatever it is that we face, his hands are not too short and his ears are not deaf. He says he would uphold us with what? With his righteous right hand. When we go through the fire, it will not burn us. When we go through the waters. And you know what? It's interesting because he did not say if we go through. He says when we go through. So that means that there would be times in our lives that we would go through. Either you're a believer or not, you would go through. I'm not going to go ahead of myself, but you know, the Bible says, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. And don't we know that we have rulers of the darkness of this world, even when we look in the physical you know, every single day, just a few days ago, I, I needed to speak to a doctor. And the first thing she said is, I only have 10 minutes. And it just reassured me that my hope must not be in man. Because the doctor is not my healer. We've just prayed about it. It's our father in heaven who sent his son. He is our healer. He's the greatest physician. We hear about how things have changed, you know, things have become more expensive. But our father says what? He says, I own a, a cattle upon a thousand hills. The gold is mine and the silver also. He is our Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides for our every need. He's the one that would say, oh, you know what? Don't go to Iceland today, go to Morrison. And then when you get to Morrison, what you could have paid five pounds for in Iceland, it's there for two pounds fifty. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Father. We face challenges every single day. 
You know, David's boast was not in his own power. It was not in his power. But he knew whose he was. He recognized the power that was working on the inside of him. And that same power that was working in David, we have that power in us. Because God says he has given us power to trample upon what? Upon serpents and scorpions and upon every power of the enemy. So what is that challenge? What is that situation that God cannot deal with? We have now a new saying. I don't know if it's an African saying. What God cannot do does not exist. What my father in heaven cannot do does not exist. So is it a sickness? Is it a job situation? Is it a situation in your marriage? Is it a situation with your children? There is nothing that our almighty God cannot sort out. I was saying to someone this morning, I said, if there's no test, there's no testimony. But let us not sit by the rivers of Babylon singing about those situations. Let us look to the God that can resolve those situations. Let us look to the God that can turn the situations around. Because he is the only one that has the final say. And that is why I say, for my situation, it would end in praise. Whatever it is. Bring it on, Satan. It would end in praise. Bible says the righteous fall, what? Seven times. But seven times they rise up again. Because they know whose they are. That is the God that we serve. He says, I've, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor their seed begging bread. When people of the world are saying there is a casting down. The children of God will say there is a lifting up. Because we have a God. And we have a Father. Who is more than able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, David said to the soldiers nearby. He says, who, you know, who is this? Who is this guy? All, all circumcised Philistine. Who is he? Defiling my own God. Because David knew whose he is. Do you know whose you are? You know, we don't use the power that God has given us. We face challenges every single day. We face, you know, even in our lives, choices. Choices of where do I live? Who do I get married to? What school should my children go to? Those are issues that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Financial situations. Should I save up for this or should I take a loan? Relationship situations. When should I talk? When should I be quiet? Every single day. Should I stay in that job? Or should I leave? You know, things that we, things that we just take for granted... These are situations, these are giants that we have to deal with on a very, on an everyday basis. 
barrenness. You know, I, I, I bring to heart what happened between Hannah and Penina. Year in, year out. Penina was like, yo, you. <clears throat> what child? You're not going to have any children. Look, I, I, come and see mine. I can imagine how many times she cried, cried and cried. Those were giants. That was the giants that she was facing. What about Elizabeth? Even Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what would have happened when she got pregnant? And she wasn't married. We weren't told about her parents, but um, our parents probably would have said, you better just stay in the room. Don't go out. And I remember when I was, I think I must have been in college or taking my A-levels, I had a cousin that got pregnant. And the next thing you know, she, she disappeared from college. Because... They, her parents took her to the village because they did not want the embarrassment. Daily challenges, daily giants that we face. Isaiah 59, 19 and 20. Isaiah 59, 19 and 20. It says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. It says, when, when, church, let's say when, when. It says, when the enemy, the oppressor, the adversary, shall come in like a flood. That means that Satan does not warn us that he's coming. And that's why we need to be on our guard. That's why we need to discern. That's why we need to have the spirit of God in us. Because how many of us knows that even before Satan has a thought to do anything, God already knows. But when we're plugged in, God opens our spiritual eyes to see. When, when Satan wants to use our husband or use our wife or use our children, or use somebody at work, or even our siblings. He doesn't go and use somebody random on the street. It's the one. And that's why the psalmist said, it is you, my brother, the one that I eat with on a daily basis that has done this to me. If I stand out there now and, and a stranger says, oh, you fool, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. But can you imagine if somebody close to me that would hurt me. And that's what Satan wants to achieve. So the Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, what would happen? It says the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Do we have the spirit of God in us? The spirit of the Lord would raise a standard. Would he raise it for him? No, against him. Because we are the children of the almighty God. The Americans will say, God's got our back. The spirit of God. But I say the spirit of God that, we, that lives on the inside of us. 
Because the only way we would know is when we walk with God. And that's when we will know that, oh, that person that is trying to cause conflict between us is not actually the person, but it is a spirit behind the person. And we can say, get thee behind me, Satan, not the person. The spirit of the Lord would raise a standard against him. Our God will fight our battles. You know, Satan is, he, he's, he's always at work. Verse 20 says, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion. The Redeemer will come to Living Word Ministries. The Redeemer will come to our homes. The Redeemer will come to our situations. That is our Father. It says, and unto him that turn away from transgression in Israel... Say it, the Lord. So God is saying to us, if we turn away from our transgressions, we've just prayed this morning, before we took communion, if there be anything that would hinder us, if there be anything that will hinder our prayers, we've, we've, we've asked God for forgiveness. So as long as we turn away from our transgressions, God would hear our prayers. The Bible says his ears are not deaf. He would hear our prayers and that is the confidence that we have in him. That when we call upon him, he hears us. But not only does he hear us, we also have the petition. So what is our petition this morning unto the Lord? As long as we are not working in transgression, he would hear us. Job chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Job 1, 6 and 7. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And who? Satan came also among them. So that means that Satan does not, he, he doesn't take holidays, he doesn't go on vacation. Every single day, the Bible says he Satan is going, roaring like a, um, going about like a roaring lion, looking for who to devour. That's a, that. You know what? If you look at his CV, that's what's on it. John ten ten. John ten ten. It says the thief's purpose is to what? To steal to kill, and to destroy. But God's purpose for us, right, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Hallelujah. So that is why in Job chapter 1 verse 7, when God said to Satan, what are you doing? What are you doing? He says, I'm going back, back and forward. He's looking for cracks in the walls. He's looking for hearts that are not working in love. He is looking for ways to, to, to you know, <laughs> one thing I say is that, you know, when, when Satan starts to look around, he'll look, okay, wh what are the easy, what are the easy prays? Where are the little cracks that I can just push myself in and open further? So if he finds 
a house that is empty spiritually, he would go and make his abode. And not only would he do that, he would go and call many more. Reinforcement. So that is why it's important that even before the storm, we arm ourselves. We are ready. So that when he comes, he will say, eh, this house is marked with the blood of Jesus. I better pass. This is a no-go. When he comes and he hears, uh-uh. I can't stop here. I cannot stop here. And that's why the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. When we sense something in our spirit that is not right, let us begin to pray. We might not be able to put a, a, an exact finger on it, but let us be in tune in the spirit. Let us be in tune. Because we don't know what God is trying to avert at that point in time. And can I encourage us, and I know we do it, especially those of us that are parents, and those of us that are, that are parents to, to, to our children that go out and come back in at 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. <laughs> if God wakes us up and says, pray, I encourage us, pray. There was a time that I used to just, I'll just wake up and sit, sit at the window. I'll make phone calls. I'll call and call and call. There will be no answer. And I'll sit at the window. And God says, why can't you just pray? So now, I pray. And I go to sleep. But so much happens out there. We need to walk in the spirit. Bible says, when you call upon me, I will answer. And I will be with them in what? In trouble. I will rescue and I will honor them. Hallelujah. You know, I had this written down and I think I read it during the course of the week. It says, change your thinking and change how you perceive your life. Your thoughts create your reality. Practice positive spiritual thinking. And act the way you want to be. And you will be the way you act. Act the way you want to be. And you will be the way you act. Hallelujah. And basically this is just the sum total of Romans chapter 12. You know. You see we would always, there would always be giants to deal with. John 16.33. John 16.33. You see, God actually prepared us ahead of time concerning these things. He says, I, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the, in the world, you would have tribulations. The first time I read this, I thought, wow, this sounds like a curse. I mean, I was still on, well, maybe I'll say I was unsaved or I was, I was a baby Christian. And when you read it with your carnal mind, that is how it comes across. 
Because if Jesus is saying to you that you, you, you would have tribulations, I'm thinking, then what's the point of Jesus then? But as you read the word of God, as you study the word of God, as you understand the word of God, then you know what he's talking about. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. He has done the work for us. The Bible says, it says the peace which is in me will be in you also. You see, when there's stormy seasons in our lives, one thing we want is what? We want peace. We want calm. And one thing I can say is that, you know, you're not alone. Everyone goes through it from time to time. I'm not sure if it was Rick Warren that said, you're either going into a trial or you're in a trial or you're coming out of a trial. But wherever it is you're at that stage, God is with us. And he will continue to be with us. That's why the Bible says he neither sleeps nor slumbers. He watches over us 24-7. That is the God that we serve. So God has ahead of time prepared us for some of these things that would happen. Some of them we can pray to avert. Some of them we have to go through. And that's why the Bible says when you go through, but we're not staying there, church. We're going through and we're coming out victorious. Hallelujah. You know, what are some of the effects? You know, when people face trials, when they face challenges, they face storms, what does it cause? It causes fear. It causes shock. Especially if you didn't know it was going to happen. Sometimes you're hurt by it. Sometimes people feel they've been used and abused. These are all trials that people go through. These are all challenges. These are all giants that people face. You go through anxiety. You go through stress. Times people, are, they go through a period, they're worried. You know, it makes me laugh when people say, oh, that's just me. I, I worry, I worry, and that's just me. <laughs> and I'm like, have you really read what the Bible says about worry? Hmm? Go through periods of denial, you know. This is not happening to me. Oh, you're sad. But how many of us know that even our Lord Jesus Christ, with his disciples, there were some of these things his disciples faced. So what are the things that we do? And we're going to go through a lot more of it next week, but I'm going to touch on it very quickly. You know, um, I'll just read the scripture as I, I picked this up. Was in my notes, but the Lord wanted me to share it with us. You know, when Peter wanted to walk on water with, well, walked on water with Jesus Christ, right? And the Bible says, I will read, I'll just read it so that we have a scripture reference. Matthew 14, 22. Matthew 14, 22. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd that were with him. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Later that night, he, he was there alone, and 
the boat was already a considerable distance from land by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were what? Terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear because it was something they hadn't seen before. And then Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the what? The wind, when he saw the wind, when he saw the trials, when he saw the situation, he took his eyes off God, of Jesus Christ. So not until then, he was fine. But the minute he took his eyes off the Savior, the minute he took his eyes off the provider, the minute he took his eyes off the healer, the minute he took his eyes off the one that could be all things to him, he began to sink. So what do we do when we're faced with trials? Ensure that our eyes, our gaze are fixed on God. And that's why the Bible encourages It says, submit yourself, therefore, to who? To God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, take, look at it. He does not say resist the devil, submit to God, and he will flee from you. There's an order. Submit first and foremost to God. And as you submit to God, God will give us the wisdom to be able to resist the devil. And he, as he gives us that wisdom and he gives us that authority as we have in Luke 10, 19, saying, I have given you power and authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions. As he gives that to you, then the devil would resist you because now you have that power and you're using that power to resist the devil. Amen. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Oftentimes, when people are faced with trials, what do they do? They run away. They stop going to church. They run away from the source, they, the, from, the, from, this, from the solution. And it's just, it's human. But I'm sure as believers, we know that the person we need to run to is God. If we've only been reading our Bibles once a week, we now need to read our Bibles every single day. We need to go and find the answers. We need to cast our cares on him. 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, 79. It says, casting all, not just some of it, Casting all your anxieties on him. Because what? He cares for you. He says, be sober-minded and alert. Because what? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around. That's his job. That's what's on his CV. Line one to line ten, that's what's on his CV. Still, kill, destroy. Still, kill, destroy. 
Nothing else. Satan has nothing new. All he does, he recycles everything that he does. So the Bible says, resist him, standing firm in your faith and in the knowledge that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of. You're not alone. Why do we have a church? I'm not talking about a building. Why does the Bible say, forsake not the assembly of the brethren? So that we can encourage each other. So that we can pray for each other. So that we can uphold each other. <laughs> I remember this was years ago. Right? I was, well, I would say yes, I was complaining. That's the word. <laughs> I was complaining to someone about my son's room. I'm like, his room is always so untidy. Everything's all over the floor. And I thought, and the person said to me, okay, come, come with me. <laughs> come with me. And he opened his son's room. And I'm like, like really? And, and his son's clothes were there on the floor. And I said, how does he know which one to wear? And wh are they all dirty? No, they're not dirty. When he's ready, he'll pick up the one he wants to pick, wear it. Right? And I'm sure some, of us, some parents can identify with that. Not yet. But it might, not be it might not be clothes on the floor. It could be something else. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to bring out is that as a church family, if we're going through a situation, we have a brother, we have a sister, we have a son, we have a daughter that can encourage us or we can also encourage that is why we are a family. The Bible says it. Your brothers out there, your sisters out there are going through exactly the same thing. So you're not alone. Everyone goes through a situation. And mine might not be as big as yours, or yours might not be as big as mine, but they are unique to each one of us. And all of us need the mercy of God to pull us through. But I want to encourage us and just say, church, family, our God will never forsake us. So whatever it is, that we're going through. We're going to carry on next week. Whatever it is we're going through, quitting is not an option. When we quit, what we're basically saying is that God is not able. And we know that we have a God who is he's more than able. More than able. Because when God steps in, when God steps in, even we will be in shock. 
Because the Bible says he shares his glory with no one. When God steps in, he will do it in such a way that we will be amazed. And there will be no denying that this is God at work. Someone has stage four blood cancer. Those, those in the medical field would say that's palliative care. And the person the person's in hospital. And person say, no, this is not me. I'm here so that I can minister to those who are here. And then they start to get treatment and all the side effects. Ah, do you have that side effect? No. Do you have that side effect? No. Because the person knows who their God is. And the person knows that this is not unto death. Probably the person in the next room is already, you know, the funeral arrangements and already doing all the things that they need to do. Two people, same situations, different outcomes. Whatever situation you're going through would end in praise. You haven't said that loud enough. Every situation you're going through would end in praise. To the glory of the almighty God. Because your case is different. Our God is not asleep. He is more than able. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forever. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Father, we want to thank you. Thank you, Father, because you are a faithful God. For you are the one that called us, O oh God, out of the Mary clay and set our feet upon the rock. You put a new song in our hearts, O oh God. Father, we thank you because we can call you Abba, Father, knowing that no matter what comes our way, we can always come to you. No matter what we face in life, you will deliver us. No matter what the enemy throws at us, you will help us to overcome. Because victory is ours and the praises go on to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, because... You have told us that even when we face those giants, we should be at peace. Because your peace is what is on the inside of us. And we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we hear. We're only moved by the word of God. And the word of God says we are victorious. We are overcomers. We are giants in Christ Jesus. So, Father, we want to thank you for your word, your word that is true. The Bible says you hold your name, your word above your name. You're not a man that you should lie. Neither are you the son of man that you should repent. Because you have said it, you will do it. And you, oh God, have the final say. 
concerning each and every one of us. In you we give the glory, the honor, the adoration, the praise, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.